Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, one and all. This is Baka Bites, a show where we talk about what we are watching this week in anime. I am your host, Frankfurter, and with me today, as always, is my co-host, Marbled Alpaca, Magically Average. How are you doing, buddy? Am I a sculpture? Uh, maybe of an alpaca. Okay. I guess it'd be more disturbing if I was like, like marbled as in like the cut of meat. Like I was just a really fatty cut of alpaca. I mean, you could also be a cake. There's marble cake. That's true. Marbled alpaca cake. Fun fact. Marbled cake is my favorite type of cake. I don't even know what that is, honestly. It's like a swirl of like vanilla and chocolate kind of. Oh, okay. It's like a marble. Yeah. Mm, it's no, delicious. it's not like what is no, no one calls that that's what it's that's why it's called marbled cake. You just call I it a so. swirl. No one goes to Dairy Queen and asks for a marble cone. Marble cake or marmore is a cake with streaked or molted wait. Streaked or mottled appearance like marble achieved by the very light blending wait, by very lightly blending light and dark batter. Okay. Huh. It could so be a mixture of vanilla and chocolate cake in which case it is mainly vanilla with streaks of chocolate so, so yeah. wait so there's nothing special about it you just like weirdly colored cake yes that's it's vanilla and chocolate that's boring that's plain hey there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that but my it's... cake is my my wedding cake is gonna be marble cake with strawberry frosting oh man it's gonna be delicious i feel so bad for your fiance she's gonna live a life of just Averageness. No, she, that's that's she my orders, gag. That's my gag. I'm supposed orders, to be the average one. She orders her own fanciful different things, so it's fine. She's got her wedding cake. I've got my little wedding cake. Like it'll be fine. But we're not here about it. Uh, we're not here to talk about weddings or cakes or anything else. 
We're here to talk about the animes. All yes, the I, animes. I, I said that on purpose. Anywho, um, I'm going to just start real quick with just Birdie Wing because it was probably the most tame episode we've gotten all season. And by that, it still was off the walls kind of weird in which she basically is admitted to the school. She tries to join the golf team. The coach was like, no, not right now. Like you like basically keeping her in check and just like one instead of like saying, yes, you're allowed to. It's like, hey, take a chill pill. You're like you only have one goal. Fine. Go out, take a chill pill and just relax and just maybe play golf and figure out why you actually want to be here. And the girl that was like introduced the last episode that wants to be a professional caddy, like follows her around and just essentially says, let me be your caddy. And that's when they find a person from one of their rival schools who's in like the top 10 or whatever of like the all Japan girls high school tournament, whatever, and challenges her to basically putt putt. And as you could like guesstimate, it goes about as well as you think it does. She just basically hits every single shot as a hole in one, but by brute force while this other girl is just staring like what in the absolute fuck is going on. And before she can make like, before she can make a putt on one of the, like one of the last holes, that's when her senpai comes up is like, Hey, don't take that shot. I'm going to take this shot for you because you're obviously rattled and you're going to miss this. And so she comes, instead of taking a putter, she takes a small wedge and just, like, hucks it across the, like, green because, like, the course was just, like, they start at, like, a a top level. It goes down, like, a steep decline, and then it's flat, and then it goes, like, an uphill, and then the hole is at the top. So basically it's, like, a pirate ship-looking thing where there's two decks and then the hole in the middle and then, yeah. So the girl just takes a wedge and it bounces once and it bounces and like bounces into the the cup, and freaking underground golf girl who turned non underground golf girl is just like, hey, I'm gonna do this. But the caddy stops her and is like, no, you need to aim this way because that wedge, like the way it landed, created a divot, and if you hit that divot, it's just gonna pan around the side. So you have to come it from come at it from the side, so it like pushes you straight into the hole. And she's like, well, if you're right about this, I will make you my caddy. And she was right, and she's now the caddy, and that was the episode. It was neat. couple things wrong with what you said. First, did you say that they hit the wedge and hucked it into the hole? They, 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 they hit the ball with the wedge, and it just, like, landed in the – like, it, it landed right before the hole did a bounce, hit the pin, and went in the hole. Yeah, that's a chip. That's called a chip. Okay, I know. I'm not doing terms. Like, I, I'm calling her you underground my, golf girl when her name golf is heart, Eve. You made my golf heart really sad. Well, it was, you make I, my golf heart really sad by not watching this. You don't need... Listen, I've got enough on my plate as is. I trust that you will at least bring the golf vernacular to these reviews and not describe a shot as being hawked at the hole. I don't I don't golf. I just sit in the cart, I drive and I drink beer. You make everything about me hurt. I love you. Tell me about Skelly Boy. It's or Shikamori, one of the two. Well, I'll just do Shikamori because it's quick. So this is the second what they've coined to be the special episodes, which are basically just the fillers due to the COVID outbreak they had at the studio. 
And this one was different from the first one. So the first one, they reviewed the f- episode one and just the voice actors talked through, like, basically from the entire episode, just walked through, like, their what they were saying and how they were, like, going through the different parts of the script and, you know, why they said things this way and not that way. It was kind of, it was cool. This one, though, they all of the different voice actors, it was only the voice actors for Shikamori and... Azumi, so the two main characters, but all the other mm-hmm. main voice actors chose their favorite scenes from the first eight episodes. And then they like showed them and then they talked about them and then everyone had a message and it was really sweet and it was very wholesome. But it got, it was like great until the very end because the last scene that they talked about was the fan favorite scene, which happened to be the s'more scene when they went barbecuing at the river. And if you don't remember what that scene was, basically Shikamori eats a s'more and then she gives like this sultry look over at Izumi is like, I can have these all the time and like licks her finger and all everyone's like, it's not just licks her finger. It's like suckles on her. Well, I didn't want to describe it in that manner, but basically everyone was like, ooh, wee, woo. I like that for some reason. So this woke something inside. (laughs) Yeah. So that that part was weird, but the rest of it was really cute. I mean, it was just the two of them talking about their like basically just describing each other, be like, "You're cute, no, you're cute. Your person's cute, no, your person's cuter." This is just I was like, "Oh, you guys are just adorable together. This is wholesome." But yeah, that was the the second special. So then the final episode nine will come out next week. So we're they're two weeks behind, so they won't finish up until. Well, one week or two weeks into summer, I think. I can't, I can't remember Something if there's a delay or not. like that. I'm actually kind of surprised. Like, they thought pretty quick on their toes about, well, I don't know how long they've had this planned, this episode specifically, but I feel like having two specials in one season, that's, you know, kind of unheard of. But yeah. so is COVID. So well, I feel they... like that that's pretty quick thinking of just like, hey, and we had a recap, but let's have like the voice actors or the characters, whatever, recall their favorite scenes. Yeah, I, I mean, they showed scenes from episode eight, so it, it couldn't have been recorded that long ago. Um, yeah. So, I mean, probably maybe two and a half, three weeks ago. So, but it was cool. Um, and I'll just, I'm going to give Skeleton Man as brief they do uh, another side quest on their way to the new Holy capital, um, which is their main mission. And the side quest is basically this elf that tracks down monsters and records them. And so Ark mm-hmm. is like, fuck. Yeah. I want that book that you're making. Gimme, gimme. Cause it's just all about monsters. And then they defeat the monster and everything's good. But the dark elf that he's traveling with is so confused because the monster, uh, I don't know what you'd call him like curator maybe uh-huh. person who records monsters he's an elf too and he's been living with humans for like 10 years so she's like what the fuck and he's like i mean i like them they're cool she's like hmm, i won't understand you anyway bye that was the gist of the episode it really wasn't much happened they're just on their way to this new city the ending was fucked up though we see like this new character who's like got these chicks around him and this one guy's like dude Remember the secret lair that the person gave you? It's secret for a reason. You can't just bring down your whores. Yes, he did actually say whores. To the secret lair. Because, you know, again, secret. And he's like, ah, shut up. Hey, you want to go see something cool? And he goes to this big pit. 
<laughs> it looks like it's a million miles deep with these creatures in it. And he's just like, oh, it's feeding time. And just fucking haul, like just yeets one of the horrors into the hole. <laughs> like that was it. That was the end of the episode. I'm like, what the fuck? Like what a turn of events. There's so, so many jokes I could have just said about like the words hole and, and whore, whore that you just yeah. put next to each other. It was like, like that's the lowest of hanging fruit, but I'm just gonna you know what? We're just gonna not we're just not gonna do that. There was just like it was also weird because it was the least gruesome, like no fighting really. They just they defeat a giant sandworm and it wasn't even like they did it with any sort of explosive stuff or like anything crazy. Yeah. Ark basically just suplexed it and then knocked it unconscious and that's how they defeated it and then they tied it up. Which I don't understand how you tie up a giant worm snake thing, but whatever. But that was it. Like that was like the only action part. And then yeah, the ending is just this dude like fucking hucking yeah. a girl just jump shot into the big hole, swish, and then she gets yeah, devoured by monsters. Yeah. God dang. Yeah. It was just I was well, like, damn. whoa. But I don't know, we'll see. They only have two episodes left, so I don't I I guess they're just gonna set up for whatever's gonna come out next season. I I guess so. Um, then I guess real quick, my two uh, other quick hits were, of course, heroines run the show, and uh, your boy Kong Ming. Uh, heroines run the show. Uh, this episode is basically still dealing with the fallout of the um, quote unquote scandal. And um, basically, the thing that the girl comes to terms with is basically, if I want to support you, the best way I could do it is by quitting this managerial job, like in training job, and just be a normal person. So I'm not seen with you guys anywhere else other than school. So she decides to do that. And then they do their PR spin of like, no, this is just our classmate, yada, yada. They're special to us. And the only reason they're special to us or, you know, they, we give them a little bit more attention than everybody else is because she sits in between both of us, which is true. It's, it's literally one, then her and the, that sits behind the one, and then the other guy sits behind her. So it's like she is a sandwich in between the two. And, you know, they have to explain no, this isn't my girlfriend, yada, yada. Everybody's like, cool. We still have, like, all, you know, fangirls are like, we still have a chance. And then they actually gain more fans from it. But, um, like, before that PR spin, they kind of go more into, like, all the interactions that the girl has at school with her friends who are like, so you're really not the girlfriend? Like, are you okay? Like, what do you need from us? And she's like, no, like, I'm fine. It's okay. Like, whatever. And she gets, like, calls from her Fam, no, I don't know if she actually talks to her family. She talks to, she tries to talk to her friend from home, which I think she does, and he makes jokes with her, and it's like, it's fine, it's whatever, you'll be fine. Um, but it almost seemed like, basically, you could tell throughout the episode that the two guys were really bugged that she quit because she was the bridge of communication between the two of them because the two of them don't really like each other at all. They're not friends with each other. They just have the same goals or similar goals that line up. So they are idols together. They don't even have each other's phone numbers. So when they actually wanted to talk to each other, they couldn't because they didn't have each other's phone numbers. They would just go through the middle girl. And now that she doesn't work for them, she's they're like, fuck, this is kind of weird. So one of them just shows up at their house is like, hey, I got a plan. And then the PR spin happens, and it seems like that they're going to try and ask her to be the manager again, 
because it kind of like that was like the upbeat vibe they had. Like it seemed like they had something up their sleeve, but we don't know. It's a good show. I'm really enjoying it. It's a weird slice of life. Like I've watched a lot worse by by and far. Like this has become like less about the job and more about the character interactions. And it's like for all intents and purposes, like there's some character growth between the idol boys and the girl herself is some character growth. There's not a whole ton there, but it's it's enjoyable. It's a good good uh, good show to watch. But um, yeah, my last my last uh, quick hit, real quick for you, is your boy Kong Ming, which uh, it's the second to last episode. And man, oh man, I'm I'm so sad. I'm like I love this show. This show is phenomenal. Um, but the long, the very very long of it, short. Uh, the record is made like the song is made, and they have a plan for it, but you don't know what the plan is, and then it's like quote-unquote X day, which X day is supposed to be the day that they get the 100,000 likes. And what is supposed to happen is that the rival team, idol, band, whatever, uh, which is called Azalea, they're supposed to like perform a live concert in the middle of like Shibuya or some like Shibuya Crossing or just some big area. And... Uh, Kong Ming like learns about this and whatever beforehand does basically what they they basically steal the crowd because the crowd is only there because not necessarily for the band but they know that there's going to be a QR code and once the QR code comes up you have a chance to win 1 million yen. So what they do is they because the people who are in charge of Azalea they're like I don't care about buying likes this will propel you forward it is what it is this is just a stepping stone. And so is, like, the concert that they're trying to get into. It's just a stepping stone for what the, he has ultimately planned for them. And so the good guys, for all intents and purposes, Kong Ming and company, they basically beat them to the spot, have their own truck with, like, speakers and everything on it, and, like, it's like a semi that just, like, comes apart like a fucking transformer and has just, like, there's just a DJ table, the two, like, the rapper and the girl that are there, and just speakers and a disco ball. It's just fucking weird. It's awesome. And they perform Azalea's, like, opening song. Like, they perform their song because they don't want to give away that they're not Azalea. They're pretending to be Azalea. Throw, like, do the song, throw up a QR code, which is basically, instead of just, like, sign up for this, it's, like, like this post, and it's one of their posts. And I think they get to, like... 70 or 80 some odd K likes before it like stops and Azalea actually shows up and they're like, what the fuck is going on? And then Azalea opens up their transformer truck, puts on her, their the same exact song that they performed. And they're at like 900, like 99,000 likes before the person who does all the like social posts or whatever is like in the crowd. He's just some no name, like idol fan. So he's in the crowd and he just starts saying like, Azalea's QR code is fake. They're fakes. Like, what? And everybody's just like, stop liking it. Don't do it. Stop the presses. Hold the presses. What's going on? We don't know. And so while the confusion is going, uh, our people, the rapper, decides, all right, I'm going to do it. Like, just like, hey, DJ, give me a beat. Gives him a beat and fucking just does a diss track on the spot about Azalea being like, oh, you guys are fake. You guys wear masks, et cetera, et cetera. Like, hilarious. It's great. And that's when, uh, like, that's when they have, like, the crowd's attention. They're like, what the fuck is actually going on here? 
and that's when the girl takes off her hood and is like, hey, it's me, essentially. And because the lead singer of Azalea knows who she is, she's, like, flustered as shit. She's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, don't look at me. This isn't who I actually am, et cetera, et cetera. And it's about to start, like, the new track. Like, the new track that she just recorded and they end the episode. They just tease you there. And you're like, hmm, mother. It is so good. It is so good. They have one episode left, and I'm so sad. This is... Like, by far, so much better than it ever deserves to be. It is so good. It is such a good show. I, I'm so mad that we wrote this show off. Are you like, even we more, wrote it off so freaking fast. Are you even more mad that it's technically an isekai, too? So you're gabbing about it? I don't care. It's, it doesn't matter. It's done well. It's not, like, fucking last or, like... Kid from the last dungeon boonies gets transported, like, you know, goes yeah, to the yeah. starter town or whatever. It's not like some stupid, overpowered piece of shit like that. It's just like, this is a music slice of life that just so happens to have some isekai. I don't know. It's good. I'm really enjoying it. I really fucking, I'm so mad at myself for writing this off. I really wish uh, I had just fucking watched it to begin with and gave it a chance. But yeah, it's say la vie. It's definitely one of those shows that I'm going to go back to eventually, but boy, oh boy, did we miss the mark on it. We we really fucked up on that one. Yeah. Um, but one that we didn't fuck up on, um, Onipon. No. I'm just, we're just going to, we're just going to hop right into Onipon. Yeah. We, we did not miss the mark with this one. This one was like this show. It's not that it's like a, a phenomenal show. It's not that it's even really a good show. It's just fun. Yeah. It's just fun. It's like, it's very good short bit comedy. And I love that they fucking break the fourth wall every now and then. Oh yeah. It's no, so it's, great. it's, they, it's, a, they break the fourth wall, but then they also make fun of themselves and like the, even the creators at times, like with just yeah. with, with their commentary on everything. Because, yeah. like, this episode, like, right at the beginning, they're going to school. And they're like, we haven't worn our school outfits in a while. <laughs> and then one of the we haven't We like, haven't been to school in three episodes. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's just, like, stuff like that. I'm like, I love that. But, no, I mean, it it caught my eye because of the concept of Oni girls who change costumes with leopard print underpants. And I was like, cool, you got me there. But then we saw that it was wit. And I was like... If it's wit, it's got to be something good, right? Like they they don't just kind of pick up something random just because. Like it's gonna be good, and sure yeah. enough, it's yeah, it's just a fun, easygoing, not a lot of you know thought behind it. You just turn your little brain off and you just slap clap while you eat your big bowl of cereal at Saturday morning, and you just enjoy just enjoy the ride all the way. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, no, it, they, and this. And it it, it has adult humor too. Like it it is, even though we we thought it was a kid show based on when it was airing and the fact that they're only like twelve minute episodes or whatever, uh, there is yeah. like some adult humor in it. So it's it's not like that. It's super childish or anything. But yeah, no, I love this show. I love the crap out of this show, and the uh, the ending songs are incredible, both of them. 
Yeah, I found them on Spotify. I don't know if I tweeted it out this past week or the week before, but my God, I fucking love these songs. They're so good. It's also a shame, just looking at my anime list real quick, there are only 11,000 people watching this show, according to the website. Well, you know, the registered users that are watching the show, and it's sitting at a 6.11, and I'm very sad about that. No, no, it's so much fun, though. It is. It's it's honestly a delight. I'm I'm really really enjoying this show. It's it's just short form humor and it's fine. Like each episode is something different and it's also pretty like weirdly I feel like I get brought out of it because it's like I feel like I'm learning something. Like it's weirdly educational at yeah. times too. There's always like this like some sort of message in yeah. some way. Some sometimes it's a little goofy, but I, I'm always just shocked at the animation quality, <laughs> too. Like, yeah. it it's so well done, and it's it's wit, and they do every other episode of Spy Family, which I feel like that's like 95% of their time based on how well that show's animated, too. But even, like, with something as goofy and silly and quirky as Onipon, like, it's still really, really well animated, and it always blows me away. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And... It just is what it is. It's just a fun little show. This episode was just basically uh, one about them returning to school and them having to be the culture festival, like, board of directors, essentially, and just turning, you know, churning out a, a culture festival after not being in school for a while. And it was it was, it was good. They they made it Oni-themed, and it was fine. Yeah. They fight a giant fun. robot. It was cool. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then, yeah. That the Mecha Club just built in is just like, oh... I dropped the remote, and now it's broken, and yeah. now it's on a rampage. But, yeah, it is what it is. It's pretty cool. Uh, but let's let's move on to just probably the absolute trash turd of the season, Tomodachi game. It's So <sighs> we always we are in agreement that it's not great, but it's one of those shows where I feel like we're the minority by, by a pretty good amount, too. I don't at think least we're the minority. I feel like I've seen a few other people that are like I've know at least one other person that's just like the show's dog doo doo. I was like, thank you. From I mean, I've seen stuff online, and I mean it. I think it does flip flop, but for the most part, I think people are interested in it, and it's probably just because this is the only quote unquote death game anime for this season, maybe, and that's just kind of what's pulling in some people. But in terms of actually being a death game or even a good show it's neither it's it's really really bad honestly birdie wing was a better death game they it's like one on it's one whole golf and whoever loses literally is going to be hunted by the mafia because they lost some money like fucking they had a death game arc in fucking birdie wing this is a better quote-unquote death game because somebody actually died yeah this is yeah tomodachi game not a great show it's by no. any means of the word. And but it, this I was, go for it. I was just gonna say this last episode exemplifies that to no end with with how over the top and contrived they're trying to make it. Like Yeah. It we've so the hide and seek finally ends. I think it's been four episodes no, now. Didn't even end. Well it ended on it, a cliffhanger it ended like on oh a, the winner is and then But that's what I mean. Like it, it they're wrapping it up. It's not another episode of like, what's this asshole going to do today? Or what stupid shenanigans are the other team going to get up to? It's like, no, it's done. 
we're not going to tell you who actually won until the next episode. But like the events that took place during the entirety of the episode, like, I was like, like, what? Why? When did? Wh- are you trying to be super smart and super edgy and make the audience feel stupid? Like, is that just your? Are you getting on a power trip, trying mm-hmm. to trying to pretend like you're you're all knowing? You're um um. Is it omnipotent or omniscient? Omnipotent. Um, omnipotent. I always forget. <laughs> one's all knowing. One's all the time everywhere. Which I guess they're oh, trying to be know. both. They're basically I trying guess. to be like this super brain, know it all, sees all, does all show, and all it is doing is just taking a giant turd in your mouth every single episode. It's not fun. It's bad. Yeah, it's it's doggy doo doo. Um, but I mean, this was probably like, excuse me, I had a burp there. Um, Gross. this is probably the most. I know I'm the worst. Um, this is probably the most tame episode we've had. Like. It's just basically 40 chess going on and then the main wacko dude finding out that who he thought was the team captain is not actually the team captain that he got played and now he's going to lose the game. And like at the end, you see, you know, the guy who's hiding on the wacko dude's team just like gets found. But at the same time, you weirdly think that they're not going to win because at the very end, the fucking mascot guy is like, and the winner is, and, like, it just ends there. It's just like, this, fuck off. It ends, but... Fuck then, off with your bullshit, and I don't care. They do a weird foreshadowing, too, of, like, the two characters that have been observing the game from the start, at least this game from the start. Like, the one's like, your main guy, he's a he's an actual psychopath. What the fuck? And it's showing all these clips of, like, different characters, like, going through events... And then, like, one of their friends from the previous games being arrested by the cops at the end. And you're like, what the hell is going on? I, like, I, I knew I was lost to begin with, but what the actual fuck is happening at this point? Like, and they only have two episodes left. Like, yeah, I, don't I have know. a feeling the last episode will be a lot of exposition about what just happened in this. Oh, you uh, know that's what the case. That After the second game with them playing that stupid board game of the, like the spill your guts on your of your friends like tell us your dirtiest secrets of the people that you yeah. care about that whole ending episode when the game's finally over is just the main guy being like D- audience did you see all the hints i gave you if not let's take you back and rewind dum-dums follow along and i'm like it's just you know that's what the last ep- this ep- next episode is going to be it's just him because he's going to obviously win, and he's going to be like, ha, 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 I knew it from the start. Here's how I knew. Make sure the idiots at home that are watching pay attention and write notes. Like, fuck yeah. off. It's so annoying. It's not fun. It's dumb. Just move on. It's not great. It's not. Yeah, I have a feeling the last episode will be exactly that, just exposition. Oh, this is how we won, and then the other team getting really upset and being like, fuck, and yeah. fuck, and fuck. And but then- again... The last episode will be something along the lines of, like, here's how we set up season two. Ooh, here's what the game is. Yeah. And I just end it. I'm I just, just like, nobody cares. Just, I don't. I don't care. I will not. If this somehow gets renewed, which I have a feeling it will, I will not be watching season two. I I feel like if they renew it, it's going to be, like, like, lost, right? <laughs> like, when they escape the island, but then they're like, we have to go back. They're going to finish the Tomagotchi game. We have to go back. Like, I, 
again, like the concept of money is they could have done a lot more with it. I, I talked about it on a different podcast with the um, the anime pass or fail guys, but I was saying like it would have been cool if it was like, hey, your parents are in debt for you know whatever types of reasons, and they basically mm-hmm. have fucked you over by burdening you with their debt you have to fight for yourselves otherwise you know your family's gonna be destitute like that would be interesting because you add like the like the family element to it like the greater family element which i feel like they did with one they only did it with one character really and and it's even not that interesting at least it hasn't gotten to the point of it being interesting i'm like i I really don't care if teenagers get debt like i fuck them i have is it yeah fuck them sorry yeah, no, it's it's not good. So we're just gonna move the fuck on um, to something that is a hell of a lot better. Diamond. Like, I'm trying to remember. Like, Diamond. It's just one of those shows that. Yeah, it, I think last week was the one week that we really didn't have any conflict and or resolution. It was just kind of like a happy-go-lucky episode. Yeah, and this one was similar in which, like, I think there was like a little girl who didn't like her la- like her name because it meant like shriveled up like plum like ugly plum or some shit like that yeah. like it's like a Ume. shriveled up plum which is like yeah sour and whatnot and she hates her name and so it's about her like you know learning about the history of her name and that it's like actually her grandma's name and her grandma used to be uh shit i forget what the term is but they used to be like a Geico. stage entertainer no, not yeah. a, well, not a geisha, not a geisha, but a, it's a geiko. Those are, I think, they are the actual like entertainers. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. For the long of its sort, yeah, like it's it's a good episode. Like I don't think I don't really remember if they, too, too much ha- they went back outside of that. They went back to the very heavy emotional <laughs> like elements of of what they've build, been building in the previous episodes. Um, I. I'm just I'm more blown away every single episode too because it focuses on different characters and mm-hmm. you like oddly enough you really care about them. Like characters that like the, the for this for example for this episode the grandmother and her granddaughter that doesn't like her name like the grandmother is just a worker that's at the shop that you rarely ever see. Like, it's not like she's, like, in every episode. She's not, like, a central, you know, person at the shop. She's just, like, there occasionally, and she has, like, a handful of lines in the previous episodes. And yet this episode, I was, like, invested in her (laughs) from the very beginning. I'm, like, I don't really know a lot about this person, but I'm just immensely intrigued by her history and her story. Like Yeah, they they do a very good job about giving each character – some sort of good his, like history or like they they really flesh out their side characters not just their main characters and spending time with them no matter how long or short has actually been really worthwhile in this sh- in this show. Yeah. I and I, I think that's something that I really appreciate about this show in particular because it it also doesn't detract from what they've been doing with our main characters too. Like you still see their growth every single episode, but they might not be the central character of the episode. Like they, they might not be the focal point. It might be someone yeah. else or some other story going alongside theirs. Like for instance, like the, 
in this episode, Nagomu and uh, Itsuka, who's the small girl, um, they kind of have like more interactions where she's not totally off put by him <laughs> and and giving him the cold shoulder. Like she's actually kind of treating him a little nicer. It's also the new year, so it's like a you know it's a changing turning point and it's time for growth and a time to give thanks to what's happened and they go to the temple and she even is like you know i hope for everyone at the sweet shop to have good health and success and then she's like and i hope nagomu actually takes things a little more serious you know moving forward so like it shows like oh she's actually caring about him more and and it's not it it's nice to see that their relationship is is growing too but then yeah then it's like okay now moving along to this grandma who works at the shop that has this huge like long history with uh sour plums and and plum blossoms and her granddaughter hates it and here's this whole tension and everything building up and then this huge reveal at the end of like what happened in her past and why she's named this way and it's just so well done like i'm yeah for for a show that was about sweets it is incredibly emotional tugs at your heartstrings and then yeah from now every now and again you get a little bit of sweet uh history on the sweets but boy oh boy is it super good absolutely uh it's it's definitely one of those like underdogs i don't know if i'd put with how many shows are going on this season i don't know if i would put it in the top five maybe i would like it's it's definitely in the top five outs like number six it's uh, yeah man, there's so many good shows this season it's hard too just because it's a slice of life i i just i really appreciate the type of slice of life it's it is in yeah. that it it takes a you know they're the, the basically the theme of the show is sweets sweet shop and it can it's anything but about sweets like it, it's about family turmoil it's about believing in oneself it's about breaking away from home and, and you know tr- trusting that you're doing the right thing for you and your future like it's it's all these other different topics different like huge moments in in life that we're experiencing through these characters and then it's also sweets <laughs> like they always yeah. find ties just, for the sweets but it's let's it's tie it all in yeah. yeah like this one was just basically the the boy or the man that the grandma loved basically his parents didn't didn't approve of her being in the entertainment business so she kind of ran away from him but he stole her hair clip while she was running away and the uh just some random person shows up in the shop it's like hey my grandpa told me to come to the shop and give this to this person because i gave him some of this sweets and he had like an epiphany and became the most like focused minded person for dementia you ever seen and just said, do this for me. This is important. Don't fuck it up. And it's just like, they, they just, they somehow tie sweets into every little thing, like either the res basically the resolution. Yeah. And it's great. It's, it's fun. I, I'm really, really enjoying Daimon. Yeah. And I'd be lying if I said, I, wasn't looking up recipes for all of these and just praying that I could find some at some point. Cause they look so good. <laughs> like they look, some of them do. And uh, some of them just, I'm like, what? In the some of them are really fuck? crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like the squiggly ball that looks yeah. like a koosh ball. Yeah. 
there's some really weird looking ones, but oh, they all look uh, delicious. They do look tasty. They do uh, look tasty as heck. But no, 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 no. We're not. We're not gonna go there. Speaking of tasty, Kaguya-sama is getting tasty with this whole uh, culture festival. There, yeah, I. <laughs> That was a good transition. Don't you fucking deny it? No, no, no. It was good. No, I, I, I'm chuckling because I'm thinking about everything that happened, and I like. It was again just one of those episodes where I was laughing at every single bit that happened, like every yeah. single one. There was um, Ishigami and Sumabe. I can I can never know how to pronounce her name. Uh, the third year. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. The Madonna of the third years is what she's known to be. And how he they go through the haunted house, but they have to be separated because Eno finds uh, the, the two lovers the... making out in the locker. Oh, you <laughs> fucking idiots. It's just like just ruined it for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. There's like I, I think I left more at the really like the the dra- like the drastic and very sudden changes in animation style because like when it oh when ishigami God, yes. like when ishigami gets out of the haunted house he like has like the really like straight lined face and like is distraught and he, the narrator is basically like he lost out of his opportunity to hold hands with her and even hold her tight and he was just like <laughs> i was like ah poor boy but boy that face is really funny mm-hmm. and then there was the other one with um Shiragane there were and a lot Chika. this episode. There were <laughs> yeah. a lot this episode. I mean, yeah. Shir, uh, even fucking what's it called, uh, Shinomi or Kaguya, like when she's going through the audio sensory, you know, bit. Which yeah. honestly, I don't even know what the fuck they were listening to because when they were showing the recording, it was just like people talking and then just like weird noises being made in this girl's ear. Who's yeah. blunt. it was like ASMR that bit. That, that bit, bit killed me. Was so fucking funny trying to record all the ASMR sounds for the 3D audio. Yeah, that shit had me laughing so hard. Oh no, everything about this. There, like, my favorite part was Chica's younger sister from middle school goes oh to my God. the student council office and she's like, "Oh yeah, I, I really like your president. I want to meet him." And Chica's like, "I've got a crush on him. Stay the fuck away from him." He, she's like he doesn't know how to rap he doesn't know how to dance well he's learned now and she's like what's the problem then he has determination she's like he can't blow up balloons he can't fucking uh, i mean he's learned now that too and then he pops in and she's like uh president catch these bean bags and juggle them <laughs> it's him smacking himself in the face and she goes like yes it's oh begun and then out of nowhere he just starts juggling like a master and he's and like, then he oh, asked the younger sister, hey, yeah, throw me that, that bottle. bottle of tea, throw in that bottle and I'll do four. <laughs> and she's she like, like, what the absolute fuck? He's like, my grandma could juggle eight. She's like, you're a fucking freak. No one can do that. Your grandma's a psycho. <laughs> oh, my God. And she's like, that stay away from my, safe away from my sister. But then the rest of it is when the, the part that had me going was when the sister stayed in the room and she was like, oh, I wasn't able to give him the charm and then like a fucking ghost kagua shows shows up and he's like like what were you gonna give the president Mm -hmm." and she's like oh the heart the the thing for the festival the theme of the festival yeah like just this and she's like "Mm, you're an insect just like you're just like 
just like I, your I sister. You. Yeah. I want to kill you. You're, you're treading on my territory. And then like she decides like, oh, no, I actually like this girl because she sees all the characteristics in uh, Shirogane that I love. Yeah. Like she understands me. She gets it. But as she's like getting closer, she's like tracing something with her foot. And once like the bit ends, it's just a curse yeah, at the bottom curse. that she's been cursed. It's just like, oh, my fucking God. <sighs> the show is pure gold. But I think like also just the other bit that we didn't touch upon is when uh, after the horror maze they decide to go to it is Subame. Uh, Subame. They go to her her classes thing, which is basically like a cafe but also like a mini game cafe where if you play a mini game and you win the mini game you can win prizes of what you want from the cafe and he like there's just this oversized cookie in the shape of a heart and because he his dad is like the president or ceo of like a toy company he knows how to play like mini games very well and just wins like a grand prize he's like no i want this cookie well here you go, Subame. Here's the giant fucking heart-shaped cookie. Will you accept it? And she's just like, thanks. And just flustered as ever-living shit. Well, because then the narrator's like, 90% of people in the situation would realize that giving someone a heart-shaped object at the culture festival is a sign that you like the person. And then there's 10% that are completely oblivious. And then it's Ishigami being like, she said that she wanted the cookie because she's hungry. So I'm going to give it to her. Hooray for me. And meanwhile, everyone else is like, you just naive person. That is not the message you're sending to this girl. I thought it was the opposite. I thought she said, or the narrator said that. And he's like, I'm giving this to you because I like you. Well, he... He said that and then afterwards, like, and then it said 100%. Confession. Yeah, and then it was like, 100%, it's a public confession now. <laughs> There's yep. no mistaking it now. Yep. Yeah, and it, just the heartbreaking of Tsubame, just like, let me think on it and running away. It's just like, you know that it's because nobody's asked her out. Like, she's, this is new territory for her. She doesn't know what to do. Yeah, I think I said that and last episode we recorded. Yeah, we but, did. We, yeah. we talked about that. We talked about that because we were also talking about that for... Um, Fuck. Uh, we were also talking about that for Shigamori. Yes. Yeah. The cool volleyball. With ace. the volleyball girl. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like one of those things like, yeah, 100%. Nobody's ever done this and she does not know how to react. She does not know what her feelings are. So she's just like, let me run away, figure shit out, and I'll come back and give yeah. you an answer. And then they go into a whole bit of Shirogane and Kagua are like, oh no, this is bad. If he gets rejected, then we have to be there to console him and nobody else can be asked out because then we just put him in a deeper depression of our love. And it's just like the whole yeah. explanation of that was just like, God damn it. This is great. Yeah. Him talking with Chica about it. And Chica's like, yeah, men are pretty shitty. Like they kind of suck, but you guys are, you guys are okay. And he's like, yeah. Mm, okay. I'll take it. I guess. Yeah. yeah. That, so, this whole episode was hilarious. This this whole arc is great. This whole arc is phenomenal. Like, cause it, it it's not that it's just funny. It's just that I feel like they're finally moving forward with a plot of some sort. Like, or not even a plot. The plot. The plot that was given to us from episode one of just like whoever confesses first loses. And we're like, I feel like we can't not get a confession by the end of the season of some sort. Yeah. It feels too real because of just everything that's going on. Like I, I, especially with them 
teasing the fact that Shirogane wants to go to college in America. And, like, he's, like, given himself a timetable of, like, I need to do this before I leave or whatever, or I'll have regrets, yada, yada. So, yeah. Um, this was episode 10. This is actually going to bleed over one week into summer because this is a 13-episode show. So we have oh. three more. We have three more weeks of this. Huh. I didn't even know that. Yep. Well, Yay. fun fact. Yeah, everything else is pretty much 12 episodes, and this one is 13. So get hyped. I'm really Ooh. excited. I, I, I always love this show, so I'm I always look forward to this. But um The next the next one, I mean Comey. The only reason I wanted to talk about Comey after Kagawa is because this episode is a huge episode. This is such a huge fucking moment for Comey. Because this is the first time she talks at length in any sort of way. In the show, first off, or let alone to Tadano. And I remember reading this and being like emotional. And then I watched it and I was emotional. This like this episode is gold. This episode is so good. I did I forgot that it came so soon after uh Tadano being sick. It's so good. Why are you giving that face? Because I would agree with you. Okay. Except for that's the not fact the face of agreement. You're just like derp, except derp, derp. for the fact that this fucking scene is paired with the most annoying, unforgivable creature that they introduce in the show, which is Naruse. He you don't like he Naruse? makes me oh Naruse yeah yeah Naruse. He makes me livid. I want to leap and punch my monitor so many times when he comes on the screen. He's like. I understand his bit. I get it. it. Again, it's playing into the whole like everyone at the school is is kind of a weirdo and a freak. And yeah, it's a good way of putting it. I'm like me. They're all fucking psychopaths. Uh, I get that. And they all have very unique personalities. I understand. But his is the most aggravating because he is he is like narcissism incarnate. Like he could he could not be more annoying and just so fucking self-centered that I just I want to strangle him so badly right but without his introduction we don't get possibly the best side character in the entire goddamn show which is the character that just has to has to narrate and correct everything that he says yes Chusaku Kometani uh fucking he's basically just like a little character that just doesn't have real eyeballs they're just like kind of black loops and he just pops up in the corner and he's like, no, this is what this actually means. No, this is what's actually happening. No, this is what, like, nobody was... It's a funny bit, but... It, it is a hilarious bit. But, like, they don't focus too, too much on Naruse in this episode. Like, I would say they gave him maybe, oh, I guess a third to a do, quarter of the episode. And do, No, do not give me that bullshit. The ending of the last episode was a fucking 40-second trailer of he's coming, basically. And it was a preview of him blow it, fucking flipping his fucking hair, looking at himself in the mirror, giving his stupid like, like other like hair blow on the bangs thing. Don't give me that. That I saw that when I watched the la- the, the 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 previous episode, not this one, but the one before. When I watched that ending, I I was enraged. I was actually like sitting at my desk, like I I wanted to just 
take something and crush it in my palms. I was furious. I was like, God damn it. I forgot that he's a thing. And they're do they're making it like a bigger thing than it needs to be. They gave him his own fucking trailer. God damn it. I, I, so unlike you, I, I enjoy the bit. I really find his character funny because of how much of a schmuck he is. And I love the fact that we also get like, cause Komatani doesn't only just appear when Naruse does. He just appears throughout the entire series. No, now I know. For whenever something needs to be corrected. So like, I, I just, the fact that like we get the best, one of the best side characters along with to you, one of the worst to me inconsequential. I think it's funny because like later on they do go into him and not necessarily yes. his like, and it's very good. I, I really enjoy that, but like, just take him out of the episode and this is a perfect episode this episode is phenomenal because yeah the basically the whole reason they talk for so long is that there is the school field trip coming up and everybody's like so excited because they're going to kyoto and uh komi's kind of like off put it off put by something but nobody can tell so when kern tadano walk home Tadano can tell something's up and he's like, hey, like, you know, you can always talk to me, whatever. So when they separate, you know, go different ways to go home, Komi instantly calls him, but they're separated by like a wall. And Komi starts talking for like the first time at length, like I said. And it's just this heartbreaking story of her wanting to have friends, wanting to be this, you know, in middle school, they had a trip to Kyoto and, you know, because everybody treated her this way, she didn't have any friends and nobody asked her to be a part of a group. And she just kind of got stuck with a group and she never ended up going on the field trip because she just felt so alone. And just her kind of breaking down and telling Tadano and just like Tadano reassuring her, like, no, like, you have friends, everything will be okay. And she's like, no, I'm afraid it won't. And she's like, fuck it, let's, let's both skip and we can both go to Kyoto on our own. Because it can't be co-ed groups it has to be just male or female so with that like you know Comey is just like no 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 like that's not necessary it's fine thank you though for reassuring me I, I appreciate it and then the next you know immediate scene they're at school again they're like okay time to pick groups everybody's like I want to be in Comey's group and then the teacher fucking walks in it's like yeah I thought that was going to happen we're going to have a fucking drawing for it like we're going to have a lottery ticket for it who's going to be in her her fucking group and that was the episode it was god I fucking love this episode it's such a good like I remember reading it and it being floored as to how like A like she's talking first off first and foremost it's like holy shit she's doing the damn thing yeah yeah it's... it was so good it was good I really enjoyed it. I know people, my fiance included, were like, we're probably just going to react and be like, why the fuck can she just out of nowhere talk? And it was like, she could talk before. She could talk on the phone. This part was just more eye-opening because, one, it was the, the, probably the first time that Comey had heard Tadano actually directly tell her, like, hey, if there's a problem, talk to me. Like yep. he's and he's the one that knows, you know, knew from the start that she had a communication disorder. Like, so for him to be like, 
hey, in whatever manner it needs to be, talk to me. And the one she's comfortable with is talking over the phone. And so for her to like call him, even though she's close, like he's close by and lay it's out that everything. It's face to face interaction. It's like, yeah. it's over a phone. You're not actually there, even though he is literally right around the corner. Right. But it shows that she's getting more comfortable. Like she's breaking through that communication barrier and you know taking large steps towards actually being able to articulate her thoughts and feelings rather than just simply writing them down on a piece of paper like yeah that's like it's, it's a huge stride and especially with something like this where it's it is very heartbreaking learning about the story of her in middle school and again like as you know someone you're watching it and all you're thinking is just like well she's just dumb like people don't talk to her because they're in awe of her like they revere her as a god like that's why and meanwhile she but she perceives it as no one wants to be my friend because i can't talk with them and so they are off put by me because i can't communicate so like there's still that element to it like there's still many layers to why she can't fully engage with those in front of her like in in long conversations because there's still that that misconception of like why people don't like me or her perception of people not liking her versus why people are afraid of talking to her. So there's still like, cause I've had people watching and be like, well, fuck, she just talked. Yay. It's Comey can talk, can communicate. It can't, it's not a can't anymore. It's a can. It's like, no, there's a lot more to this. There's plenty more growth. Just you wait. <laughs> There's tons, tons yeah. left on the table. No, this, and I think this definitely. Oh, go for it. Well, I was gonna. Say, I was just gonna say, like, foreshadowing these episodes, like we're going on the Kyoto trip. Like, this is a huge point because she's, as it's been laid out in the episode, and the fact that during the field trip they're in, in in girl groups, guy groups, so they're separated. This is one of the first times that we're now gonna see Komi without her safety net of Tarano and Najimi, right? Like it's, it's the first time that we're going to see her in with her class, not in the presence of Tarano and Najimi to sort of be there to assist and to, to kind of walk her through and help her out. Like, cause every, every other scene and every other sort like situation beforehand, Tarano has been there, whether, you know, directly or sneaking up like he was at a, at subway or whatever it was called. Yeah. Or way, way or sub, sub, whatever the fuck they call it in this show. Um, <laughs> like it's now she's off on her own. So now we get to really see Comey in the wild trying to navigate with people that she may or may not know. Cause it's a lottery pick. Now we're, yep. we're going to find out who they are. So it's going to be, yep. it'll, this, these next few episodes are going to be a real treat with the uh, Kyoto yeah. trip. The thing I wanted to say most about this episode is that this kind of li- like this in the past episode really laid down the foundation of like, okay, this is actually going to go down the ro- like romance kind of potentially go down the, uh, the romance aspect of, Hey, they might actually like each other romantically, not just as friends. So this is just kind of just the first sort of build up towards that. And it's, I mean, granted it's only been two seasons, but uh, you're kind of getting hints at it here and major hints at it here after, you know, Comey's trying to uh, fix 
the scenario she built up in her head with Najimi and holding Tadano's hand and how the fuck she should do that. She and was just taking his pulse. being hilarious. I was just taking his pulse. That's yeah. it. Nothing. And Tadano thought it was a love... The fact that Tadano thought... It, or not Tadano. Uh, Najimi thought it was a fucking love letter and just runs off. I got a love letter from Komi. And just, yeah. just, Komi's just like, well, he'll find out. It's fine. Yeah. No, it's all it good. Great. But yeah, it's... God, I love this show. I love this series. The series is very good. It's it's phenomenal. But from one phenomenal series to the next, we have Spy Family. This season, this is the hardest I've laughed at any sort of episode. Me too. By, bar none. Yep, me this too. This episode was so fucking funny. I, I think I laughed at the stupidest bit too, and I, I'm not ashamed of it. So I which one? I, well, we, we could set it up first, real quick, because there, truthfully, not much happened. It's the dodgeball episode. It's fantastic. Anya's getting training from your and yours, fucking cannonball shooting dodgeballs through the woods to, and just destroying. To kind of backtrack before that, why she's training? Uh, there's a rumor from Class Seven that whoever is the MVP of the dodgeball tournament will get a Stella star. So yeah. everybody's in high spirits and high hopes that they can earn the Stella star. Yeah. And and Anya, not having learned from her previous time asking for training from Yor, decides, well, maybe this will be different with dodgeball. And no, Yor's... Hot psych. Yor threw a dodgeball so hard that she basically moses the like little pond or fountain in the park like, and threw it into oblivion. And yeah. Anya's like, all right, maybe this wasn't a good idea. Um, so we get to the dodgeball, and, and like the the entire game is is a large part of the episode. Like it, it's a pretty long game. Yeah, but it's, it's like a solid ten minutes. Yeah, but their their class is going up against another hall. I can't remember what hall it is, and their top person is this six foot five fucking six year old named Bill Watkins. That's not, dad, that's not like making fun of Americans at all. No, but whose dad is a general, too, which you're like just adding to it. But this is the part that killed me. So obviously he's just a monstrosity, like towers over yeah. everyone else, pelting him, like getting like four hits in one throw, like just absolutely annihilating because their class. Because of the angles. Because of the angles. And he's trained. His dad's in the army. Like, there's a scene where it shows him training for this and he's like throwing like dodgeballs against like dummies in the, in the, in the woods or in the park and they're just exploding. <laughs> and then his dad's by, and he's just like, Oh daddy, I die yeah. laughing because it's the same voice actor. It's just when, when he's not talking in Bill Watkins, serious kid voice, he actually like does a higher pitched voice when he's talking to his dad, but his dad is voiced by the same person. So it's just the dude talking to himself as a like eight foot tall monster general and a six foot five, six year old. I was, I was in tears. I, I don't care that this is the dumbest little bit of the episode. I fucking, I was dying. That killed me. Which, by the way, the voice actor for the child is just like this deep voice, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, child, just like. I have to uphold my father's 
the state as the army general. Yeah. And then he sees his daddy. He's like, Papa, look at me. I'm in the forest. I'm it's destroying Papa, dummies. It's daddy. daddy. Yeah, it's daddy. But he's still kind of deep. It's just a little higher deep. He's like, Daddy, look at me. I'm daddy. in the forest. And he's like, Good job, sir. Keep it up. And you're, he's like, Yes, Daddy, I will. And then he goes back to class. He's like, Fuck them kids. I'm like, Jesus Christ. That whole bit is just, uh, it had me rolling on the ground. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And like in, in the meantime, on the opposite side, on the side of people we know, Anya's reading, like basically kids are getting picked off left and right. Fucking Damien, I think. Yeah, Damien. He's just like, I got to get the Stella star. So his fucking cronies just keep feeding him the ball and they keep trying to do random fucking tr- like tactics to get this giant fucking bill kid out. And they all like, they just don't. They just throw the ball and he just simply catches it. Which, in dodgeball, if you catch the ball, you're out. But they didn't do that here. Which yeah. is, you know, whatever. I'll I'll overlook that one dodgeball rule. It's fine. Um, but just like, Bill fucking annihilates the cro- or like he's about to annihilate Damien and his cronies just like dive in front of him. The fat kid like. I think the fat kid goes up top and the skinny kid goes down low, which is really fucking funny just in that whole sense. Yeah. Because one's tall and lanky and goes low and the other's just short and chubby and goes high. But you missed missed the best part when when the the chunky kid jumps. He has like an inner monologue and just is like, like he knows imagines everything. He knows he's just going to get bombed in the face. So he gives like a thumbs up to Damien as he's flying in front of him and just gets pelted and does like 20 barrel rolls. Yeah, the other kid goes to console him and gets just pinged in the back of the head, too. This whole yep. episode was funny. And I I don't know which, if it was Wit or Clover that did this, but they put everything they had. Clover. Okay. Clover, this, was, this was Clover. Clover was like, what's our budget? Okay, put 80% of our budget into this one episode. Because there were, like, there were the animation of just the, it like, it's a great episode, but it's also, like, the dumbest because it's dodgeball. But the fucking scenes where they're, like, yours training, you're watching it and just like, what the fuck? Why is this animation so good? And then they end it with Anya having her, like, Goku moment of oh going Super God. Saiyan. And, like, and- she just basically one for one does what her mom teaches her. And it's just this, yeah, it's like this epic, like... Goku yeah. Super Saiyan like going to third like from third to god mode or whatever the she, fuck you Dragon Ball nerds do and she names her shot like like shooting arrow shooting star arrow like super dodgeball throw and like galaxy stars start shooting by Bill Watkins is freaking out because he, she's been dodging all of his shots somehow so he's like oh god she might actually destroy in me which, with this in which she's just like in like he gets so frustrated to the point where he throws it to try and like peg her feet or something and she he just says die yeah <laughs> he yeah. gets so frustrated by this but yeah like she does this fucking crazy ass wind up and everybody's like oh my god this might happen this might be it this is this is this is it oh my god and she just immediately spikes it into the fucking ground. Yeah. And it just bounces and Bill just like is just, picks up the ball, looks really fucking confused and just like doink. Just kind of lobs like, it. Yeah. He just kind of lobs it yeah. at her and just doinks her right on the head. Yeah. And she's out. And it's just like, <laughs> what uh, the shit? That's so funny. It was so fucking funny. I was laughing so hard when like I, this was the last show I watched last night. Because I just, I had to save it. I had to save it for, for last. Yeah. And I walked into the bedroom and my fiance, Sam, she was like, 
Frank, what the fuck was all that? Why were you so fucking loud? I was like, damn, it was possibly one of the funniest episodes I've ever like watched that I could not stop. Yeah. Like to the point where I really wanted her to watch it, but I know she won't, but boy, man, oh boy, is it? Yeah. What a fucking great episode. Oh, and by the way, it concludes with the team, the other team winning, nobody getting a Stella star because you know, there is no Stella star. It was just a rumor. And the teacher being like, you know, I have half a mind to give you a fucking tortness, tortness, tantrus, bolt, yeah, yeah, the just a bolt, bolt, like a, a yeah, the the bad, the bad badge, because you said die in a dodgeball game. And then he looks over at Damien and Anya, and then he's like, self monologuing to himself, you know what, I, I could see giving my, uh, I could see myself giving these two Stella stars because you know they worked. They hate each other, but they work together on this. Like, Damien sacrifices himself for Anya. And he's like, I have half a mind to actually give them Stella stars. And, like, no sooner does he say this, they both, like, go head to head and they fucking start name calling each other. And he's like, never mind. Yeah. No, that's not happening. Not and even name calling. Like, he calls her stubby legs and then Anya just calls him shithead. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that was, that was the first time I'd seen that too. I don't know if that was a translation error from before or like, they're just like, no, this is what she's actually saying now. She just says shithead. But I, that got me too. It's just him being like, you're stubby legs. You're like a little raccoon. And she's like, you're just a shithead. (laughs) He's like, he's like, God damn it, stubby legs, shithead. Yeah. It was so fucking funny which now i want to look up and see if that was actually a thing but um if it was a a translation error or not because i feel like it wasn't it was it probably wasn't but it was just the first time i had seen her say shithead and it it just made me laugh too yeah but the, the craziest thing too still is that we are at episode 10 so we've got two more episodes left this season because the second core is 13 episodes and we're still like slowly moving along trucking through the the source material but it doesn't feel that way it's great i love it i yeah this this show feels like it's just gonna go on for forever at this point and i'm not upset by it because it's no. it's so well done well we only have we have two episodes left right now for this season then we take a summer we're taking summer off and then it comes back in the fall Yep. So we still have more Spy Family this se- this not season, this year. Well, technically for this season we do too. So we're still going to get a, a decent chunk of Spy Family later on this year, which will, instead of 12 episodes, that one will actually be 13 episodes. Yep. Which I am looking forward to. But um, yeah, no, this show is absolute gold. I'm so happy that the, the fucking adaptation is great. Like, I feel like everybody came together and was like, all right. We are going to collectively put our best people, everybody in the industry's best people on this one fucking show. And we're going to make it a worldwide phenomenon because for all intents and purposes, it really fucking is. Yeah. You can't get away from it from memes to fucking the, you go, there's a Barnes and Noble and I forget. Oh God. I got to look up the sign. Uh, I'll find it and I'll send it's, it to you. It's I don't know family. Yeah. It's the family. Yeah. 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 They they fucking yeah they took the Fast and Furious Vin Diesel like uh, I don't have friends I have family and it's just like him leaning up against the car with Anya next to him and it's just like it's just a table of spy family comics it is 
it is everywhere. Uniqlo's doing just did a drop in Canada. They did it in Japan. It's dropping in the uh, U.S. like in the beginning of July. Which shout out to Drew. Thank you so much for getting us our shirts because Yay. so we don't have to worry about them. Um, like this show is absolute gold. The adaptation is absolute gold. The only downside is is that chapters for this show or for the series come out every two weeks. So it's like every two weeks I yeah. have to wait for the next like best thing yeah it is so fucking good and you guys are all so fucking good we greatly appreciate every one of our viewers out there we truly do as we said kind of near the top of the show maybe we did maybe we didn't i just explained it on twitter before we went live kind of um this is gonna be the last and i explained it this last week this is gonna be the last episode that we are doing it in this kind of um format uh, and that is to say where we recap each episode, talk about each episode if it needs to be talked about, quick hits, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, next week, we are going to be doing a summer 2022 preview. The week after, we will be doing a spring 2022 review. And then we are going to be into summer, I believe. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, which there will be a little bit of overlap with some shows. Like we'll have Comey in summer a little bit. We may have an episode of Kaguya in summer as well. And then I believe like an episode, maybe two of Shikamori as well. So we'll have a little bit of overlap, but um, the way the new format is going to work or how we are or what we're wanting to do is not just talk about shows. We want to talk about what's actually going on in the industry, maybe bring a news article or two, you know, read, read a little bit through the article and then just kind of ask a major question like, hey, how do we feel that this is like, you know, this will impact the industry or what do you think that'll, et cetera, et cetera. Just basically bringing news to you guys that happened this past week, whether it be new releases that are like, you know, things that have just gotten dates, things that just got announced. Like I went to Barnes and Noble this past week and I, you know, the people that were working there, there was one person working and just one person who, you know, like, Oh, what would you recommend? And none of them had known that they, that day that the news of like berserk dropped that berserk is being continued by his like childhood friend who he consulted and his previous editors and like assistants. So like berserk is coming back. And then also like one piece was taking a four week hiatus to like develop or kind of outline the last saga that he's going to do for one piece. So like, those are big things that I kind of want to bring to the show and talk about and not just talk about the shows we're watching and, you know, because it, it can get to be the same thing where we're gloating over and over or we're hating over and over. So I think this will be a good change for both of us. I think this will be a good change for the show in general. And if you have any ideas of what you guys want us to talk about, please let us know um, either via Twitter or Discord and Tyler, you've got one bit left. What do you yeah. got? Yeah, no, I just I would be remiss if uh, we didn't mention, and we should have said at the beginning, but um, uh, unfortunate passing of Billy Kometz, a uh, famous yes. English voice actor, um, who passed away, I believe, yesterday, uh, from With colon cancer. cancer. Yeah. So thoughts and condolences to his family and friends, um, and fans, and yeah, and all the fans too. Yeah. It, Massive, massive voice actor did uh, yeah, voices on Gurren Lagan. He was the main voice actor for I think his name is Nafumi for Shield Hero. Yep. 
Yeah. So like he's he's a huge person in the industry. So yeah, that's that was a big hit that we had. And again, that's something that we would bring to the the new format, and it's just something we would talk about. So it's just something that we both want to do, not just purely talk. Like we'll still talk about the shows we're watching if there's something that really needs to be talked about, like this episode of Comey or this episode of Spy Family, because there is a lot to talk about for it. Yeah. But just going over like Diamond, like, oh, it's super sweet or Onipon or, you know, insert show X here. It, it just doesn't have to happen every week. So we're both looking forward to that. We're we're both looking forward to the next few weeks for the this fun special shows that we have because God, I love doing freaking previews and reviews. Yeah, those so, are always the best. They they really are a lot of fun. So until next time, Spark Triumph. We'll see you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Back up! Back up. 